try to think about building a community and getting people to purchase over and over. And it's not just about getting them to spend your money. It's about serving them with, with a product that's good for them. Right. So that's really what we're trying to focus on is get people off of Facebook ads by using Facebook ads, <laughs> right? Facebook and Google and Pinterest, those, those are kind of the big things that we focus on, but mm -hmm. to get people off into communities, specifically VIP communities, that's, that's what I'm really loving. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, Jordan, I am so excited to have you on the Tribe of Leaders podcast today. Welcome to the show and share with the audience a little bit about who you are and the magic that you bring to the world. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to, to talking to your tribe. This is super exciting. So my name is Jordan West. I'm actually a Canadian. I don't know if you can tell um, by the accent. I can. You, you can tell. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I think I just talk like a normal person, but you know, people are like, oh yeah, you're such a Canadian. I try and be polite like a Canadian too. I think that's one of the, <laughs> one of the big things. So. The only reason why I can tell is because I dated somebody who used to live in Canada and he still had a teeny little bit of it, like the O. Oh, so yeah. now I'm always hearing it, which I think is so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 23 years old. I bought a Taco Del Mar restaurant. So it's like this chain restaurant. Subway actually ended up buying us. So I bought the store for about $35,000 which was just a steal at the time. That was for like everything. And I'm like, oh, what's the worst case? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like, I'm going to lose $35,000. Well, no, the worst case was that I actually lost about $150,000. And when you're 23 years old, you just don't have that to lose. <laughs> so No, and I think at so 23, I, that seems like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty close. So we had that for five years. So that was about 28 when we finally got out of that. And so I was working as hard as I could at my other job. So I was a painter, a house painter at the time, and then also a paramedic. And so I was just working as hard as I could to try to keep this thing floating. And I finally realized like, it's just not going to happen. I'm going to have to give, give this up. So I sold it. I think I sold it for like 25,000. The guy ended up only paying me about 20. And I was like, I, I was kind of at a bit of like business rock bottom at that point. We had our first child. She was about a year at this point. And my wife was uh, in fashion design. And one thing just to note with the restaurant that I was super good at was actually getting people in the door. So our sales, we, we tripled our sales in that time. So I was really good at actually getting people in the door. It was just, I'm terrible at operations. I could not figure out how to make money with this business. It just was not working for me. And so I realized like, you know, if I'm going to get into another business, I want to be the one who's in charge of my fate with this. I don't want to have another franchise. I just, 
I don't want them to be in charge of the food cost and all that sort of stuff. Right. Right. So my, my wife started making some leggings for our new daughter and we were doing cloth diapers at the time. And so she's like, okay, I got to find, I got to figure out how to make leggings that go around cloth diapers. Cause they're quite bulky. She made these, brought these to a market and lo and behold, people loved them. People were really into cloth diapering at this time. It was like 2014, that sort of time. People were really into it. And so, so she just sold like everything that she would make at these markets. And we're like, whoa, okay, this might be something. Fast forward a couple of, of years, we're just kind yeah. of slowly going along. It's like, maybe we're doing like 50,000, maybe a hundred thousand in sales, like nothing special. It's just like this little at-home business. And I asked her if I could start running Facebook ads. Like, can, can we just try this out? So this is like 2015, maybe early 2016. Mm-hmm. And I look back now on those days of running Facebook ads and our return on ad spend during that time was like 90. So like a dollar in $90 out and nice. which is just phenomenal right now. People are happy with a return on ad spend of like, if you're getting two, you're like, okay, I'm good. A dollar yeah, in $2. Dollars out. Yeah. And, and back then we were running return on ad spends of 90, which is just crazy. And we weren't even, I had no clue what I was doing. Honestly, it was, I might as well have just been boosting posts. Like I was just saying to Facebook, like, Hey, just like get some engagement on these posts. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I don't know. I guess this is getting in front of people and we would continually sell out. So we started to get in the area where we are, we got home sewers and we're like, okay, this is a business. And I think we'd done a couple hundred grand that year. And we're like, whoa. This is amazing. Like we're actually like, this is a legitimate business now. Fast forward to today and we're mid seven figure clothing brand. We've got multiple different brands within that. We're still highly driven by paid advertising, but we also have like a huge following. Like we, we just yesterday launched, uh, did a, a sales launch for our Black Friday, which we're calling the Wondrous Weekend. And without any ads, anything like that, it was just one SMS message to our VIP group. And we did about $50,000 in sales. So like we can really do, it's funny because that, you know, that first year, that was like our entire year. Right. Right. So, so that, that's kind of where, where we're at right now. Spun off from that was also a marketing agency that helps e-commerce brands. And the big thing behind that was that my wife and I, we didn't work super well together. Both of us being in charge. It wasn't a good, like co-leadership sort of thing. I think it's really hard to work and then be married. I mean, it does, I know it works for some couples, but that's a lot of time together. And it's where do you have that divide of this is work and this is our personal relationship. Yeah, totally. Like it's, it's very difficult. So I kind of spun off and was doing like my own, like personal consulting sort of thing where I was helping people. I was basically not really charging. I was just, just helping people. Cause I, I thought that it was amazing to grow a brand and see like all of this fruit from that. And I knew how to do it for other brands. And so, so eventually uh, that actually turned into an agency where there's, I think there's 12 or 13 of us now here. And, and, you know, my main role is, is out, you know, preaching this message that you can actually still make money with an e-com brand, but there are certain ways you have to do it. Which is amazing. I love how you've one grown and evolved and you realized that like the co-leadership wasn't working. So you just went and created something else. Yeah. Were you hesitant in doing that? Or was it like, hell yes, I'm just going to go do my own thing? It was kind of a slow evolution, to be honest. Like, it wasn't like one day I'm just like, I'm starting a marketing agency. It was just, it just slowly kind of evolved. And I'm like, well, this is the part that I'm good at. And people would just naturally contact me. I wasn't putting out ads or anything like that. They're right. like, oh, Jordan, how did you do that? And uh, and this was about th- probably about three years ago. So the greatest decision that I made 
was I brought a partner on who is good at the things that I'm bad at. So operations, absolutely terrible at, you know, like bookkeeping, dealing with staff. I'm really good at like the, the interactions like this with staff, but like, right. you know, if it were to come down to like, you know, HR issues or, you know, how much processes. to pay them. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Processes. Like all of that is just like, that is just not me. Yeah. I understand. I mean, for me, it's been a learned thing. And then I delegate all of that as quickly as I can. That's exactly it. We're, we're big proponents of strengths finders. I love the idea of working within your top strengths, right? And then just managing your weaknesses, yeah. right? So I know like I, I've got a weakness for being on time. That's one of my big weaknesses. And so I try to manage it and mm-hmm. I don't always do a great job of it, but uh, I was on time today. So you were, I was you like, know. no qualms. You were very prompt in your business now. Well, and just like over the last couple of years, what are some of the things that have been your biggest learning experiences outside of surrounding yourself with people who can fill in the gaps where your weaknesses are? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think that some of the big learning experiences for me are finding good staff, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure. So like on, on, a, on a bit of a different note, not just my weaknesses, but finding people that, that can right. replicate what I can do, especially online. There's a lot of like gurus out there, you know, who are like, oh yeah, we can do this. We can do that. And, and I totally believe that, but it's really hard to replicate yourself when you're really good at something. So that's something on the other side that I've been really trying to do is find people that can replace the things that I'm doing. Cause I really only have so much time throughout the day to get the stuff done. And I think that's, that's the big thing It's just letting go and then figuring out how much time I really need to work throughout the day. I think for, for leaders who are listening to this, you're probably working massively long days, right? For me, I try to keep my workday between nine and two and take an hour lunch in the middle. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's just the life I want to live. And financially, we can do it. I don't need to be, you know, working all the time. And, and that's just the understanding that I have with my, my business partners. And I really just try and, and make sure that family stays at the top mm-hmm. because it's, it's really the thing that's the most important to me. And so I want to make sure that my time reflects that. And I love that you're saying that because I've talked to a number of different entrepreneurs in different stages of their business. And part of what's keeping them from scaling to whatever their next level is, whether it's into six figures or into seven figures, is they feel like they have to work more and harder to get to that point and or to get to that level. And it's really about scaling smartly so that you're delegating those things off. So I presume if you're working nine to two, then that means that you're really prioritizing the tasks that you're taking on. Totally. So, so for me, my top priority is meeting with people like you, right. And talking to other people's tribes and, and other people's communities, because I feel like that's kind of where my time is best spent. I don't know if you can tell, I love doing this. Like I was saying to you, I'm like, I have three interviews today. Right. And that's not a, that's not an abnormal day. That's just like, I had six, two days ago. And for me, this is where I feel like I can bring the most value. And we've seen the, the biggest difference because we're, we're in this funny phase now where well, it's great phase, awesome phase where we're like, okay, how do we grow smartly on the clothing company side? And so for us, we think that it's through building new brands and through acquisition. And so, so for me, this makes a lot of sense, right? Doing, doing stuff like this and saying like, hey, we're looking to buy businesses. You know, if you're looking to sell, 
come to me. Uh, and then similarly, we're, we're trying a, a, the same sort of method at, at the marketing agency as well as filling in those gaps of what we don't provide for e-commerce mm -hmm. companies. Cause we really want to provide everything for these companies so that they can see the same sort of success that we've seen. Right. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about the marketing agency a little bit. How are you helping your clients and your customers the most? So one of, one of the, the mantras or our sort of one-liner these days has been that we're the, the Facebook ads agency that gets you off of Facebook ads. Oh, I love that. Well, it's, it's something, it's something that, really, that really sticks, first of all, because it's true, right? We actually, we just changed some messaging on our, our website as of yesterday to, to ask people, where would your business be without paid ads? Where would you be without paid ads? Because most businesses would not exist. A lot of the businesses that we work with right now would probably right. not exist if it wasn't for paid ads. So what do you do? How do you get people you know, into a community? And how do you get customers that are actually going to buy from you over and over again without having to advertise to them? Because like Newsflash, Facebook and Google probably won't be here in 20 years. Maybe they will, but right. we, we don't know, right? I, I mean, it will be really sad unless he's creating yeah. something else. <laughs> Totally. And I'm sure like, it's not like social media is not going to be here or anything like that, but things are going to look different, right? You right. can already see things starting to tighten up as far as like tracking is concerned, right? And what we're allowed to track and how we can track. Things are getting harder for advertisers and mm -hmm. harder for e-commerce companies to actually make money acquiring customers. And so I, I think the, the key is don't think about trying to make money on that first sale, right? Try try to think about building a community and getting people to purchase over and over. And it's not just about getting them to spend your money. It's about serving them with, with a product that's good for them. Right. So that's really what we're trying to focus on is get people off of Facebook ads by using Facebook ads, <laughs> right? Fa Facebook and Google and Pinterest, those, those are kind of the big things that we focus on, but mm -hmm. to get people off into communities, specifically VIP communities, that's, that's what I'm really loving um, these okay. days. And what is a VIP community for you? Yeah. So what, why don't I talk about just specifically our little and lively VIP community that we have? So, so it's twofold. So number one is it's a Facebook group. So we're using, you know, the algorithm to our advantage on Facebook, that Facebook prioritizes Facebook groups, which is great. So what we do is we, we've gathered, it's, it's about 8,000 members right now, and they're our VIPs. So the way that we get people into our VIP group is after they've made a purchase, we send a personalized video to them saying, hey, thank you so much for your purchase. We'd love for you to join our VIP group. They have a link that they can click right there. So we're getting people to join all the time. We also incentivize them by giving them early access to sales and to new releases. And so I'll, I'll go into that after because I think that's something that your community would really be interested in, how we've leveraged doing that through a VIP group and, yeah, and the success that we've had. So the second half of that is people don't get notifications within VIP groups, right? On Facebook or within groups on Facebook. So what we did is we decided to pair it with an SMS notification. So anyone within the VIP group, we get to sign up also for SMS. We've got about 8,000 people on our SMS list as well. And so that's how they actually get the notification. And that, you know, who doesn't read an SMS message? Everybody, like that's the best way I think to get connected with people is because they, people go through their text messages. Totally. Like I never leave a dot on my text messages. Like that's just so something that's I'm like, out. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Inbox zero on text messages. I'm like, I can't have something sitting there. And if it does, I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry. I didn't get back to you. That's horrible. This is a personal message. Right. Right. And where like email, I will, I mean, if it's a personal email from a close friend, I'm usually on it, but 
it's easy for stuff to get dropped in my inbox. Oh, totally. It, you know, even for me, it's, it's easy for starred items to get dropped. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. look at my starred inbox is like 700 right now. I need yeah. to get back to these people. I try to like, just stay out of email in general. Like we use Slack for my team. I use you know, messenger, other chat yeah. options in addition to text messages, because it's just so much cleaner and easier for me. And you can, you can manage the threads more effectively. Totally. We, we kind of have an unspoken rule actually in, in our house and with my, my business partner and I are still like super good friends. So what we try and do this sort of unspoken rule that is sometimes spoken <laughs> is Slack is for business, right? SMS <laughs> is for, uh, is for personal, right? right? So if we're going to talk anything business and it also just leaves everything there within your, your chat, right? Which is really, right. really nice. Like it drives me crazy. If my wife tries to message me about something business-wise, I'm like, just tell me on Slack. Cause then I'm in right. like the business mind frame and, and we can think well, differently that it, way. Yeah. I like the division too. And I like having certain things and certain channels. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like, I feel like you and I are thinking pretty similarly with this because yeah. it does yeah. make a difference, right? It, it, to me, it makes a big difference contextually. So that's why right. SMS is so incredible for business, right? Is that you're in a different context right? You're in their, their inbox. So, so a couple things with that though, you have to really respect that. Right. Yeah. You can't take that for granted that you're in their special inbox that their friends and family are in. So treat it specially. Don't spam them within that and, you know, don't have their trust. You need to really treat that importantly and, and personally. Absolutely. Well, and I think particularly in, in these times, that personal connection is what is holding us all together. And we're, we're really seeking that, particularly where we can't see each other as much as we used to pre-COVID. So yeah. um, I think that's really important to honor that and you know, definitely respect it. What else are you doing that's a little bit different? Because I haven't heard too many people using SMS in a Facebook group to connect with people. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll talk to you about sort of what we're doing with sales launches. Cause I think that's okay. really interesting. And it's something that I haven't really heard many people talk about, but it is just the key to some of our success at, at our company. So I'll, I'll give you the example of our fall winter launch. So we launched this in mid August and for about two weeks before on all of our social channels, we were letting people know, Hey, uh, this is what the new fall winter launch is going to be, you know, within our VIP community, we're asking them a bunch of polls and questions. Hey, which items do you like? Everyone's there's a lot of buzz around this launch. So what we did is we decided to give our VIPs. So that's the SMS list and the VIP group. And now actually we also have an app. And so we're treating our app as a VIP group, just because the app, I think is a really, it's one of those new sort of cutting edge kind of things that e-com companies aren't doing yet. And I think it's, right. it's amazing to build, build this community anyway. All that aside, we we gave them two hours early access. So what we do for this though, because um, I think there's a lot of psychology that goes into this, is we actually password protect the website. Okay. So for about 12 hours before, so that lets us do a couple things. First of all, it lets us completely revamp the website for the new launch. So get all the new products in. Um, it allows us to to just change all these things that we've wanted to change for a while while the website is down. We password protect the website and then two hours before everybody else got access to this, we gave access to our VIP group via SMS and a post on Facebook within the VIP group. So we give them the password. There's no discounts. There's nothing like that. We're not incentivizing them. We're just giving them the password to join, to get onto the site. 
Well, it was absolute mayhem when we did this. There was about 3,000 people like immediately on the website. In that first two hours, we did $120,000 in sales. Wow. Yeah. I've never seen like early access and hyping it up for X amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that entire day, that 24 hour span, we did just over $250,000 in sales. Now, how long was your pre-launch then? Because this I think is really key in any successful launch and and tell me if if you believe differently. No, I believe exactly what you're saying. It's all about that that, pre-launch. That anticipation is what gets people ready to buy on that day, that first day. Exactly. Exactly. So a couple of interesting pre-launch things that I don't really talk about too often is a contest. I love running a contest before a launch. Um, So we'll run it about four days before the launch. We'll try and uh, do it with maybe another brand as well to get a little bit more exposure. So we'll run a contest with the image for our new collection, right? So letting people know, hey, we're doing this giveaway. Well, those contests, like say it's an Instagram contest where they have to tag a friend or something. Those get to like probably five times the amount that a regular post is going to get to. Or another contest that we like to run as well is we use this app called King Sumo that actually gathers people's contact info and that's how they, how they enter. So really, really cool stuff that we're able to do with some of these tools to be able to get the buzz up. And it's about a two week, generally for a big launch, we're going to, we're going to do about two weeks. Lately, we've been launching a new product every single week. So we're not doing a gated launch for these products. We're just letting our VIPs know, Hey, just, you know, if we're going to be launching this again tomorrow. Right. Which is amazing. And from the contest perspective too, is it's about sharing I've seen a couple, it done a couple of ways, but it's people get points for sharing like your post or using a hashtag. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I, I think King Sumo is the, they, they do the best at this because they give you a bunch of different options and you can give different points based on different actions that they take. So the first action is they have to give you their email address. That's right. how they enter the contest. Then they go to a screen where you can say, Hey, for two extra entries, follow us on Instagram. For two extra entries, follow us on Facebook. For We give 10 entries if they join us, uh, our VIP SMS list, because we know how valuable that, that one is. Right. And then at the end of the day, it's just one click and it finds a winner for you. And it's, uh, it's a really great way to get the hype up. And we actually use Facebook ads behind that as well to be able to drive those, which can be a little iffy. If people are listening out there, Running contests with ads it can be iffy. There's there's certain ways, there's certain words you're not allowed to say. Sometimes the ads will get rejected. Lately, it's been okay. Facebook has loosened up on, on the contest side a bit, probably because they're like throwing down the hammer on everything else. <laughs> I was going to say, I, we've had some stuff rejected and it's like literally one word that you would never think of as being an issue. And we've just, you know, we've changed that or whatever, but it's been, it's been cracking me and my team up with some of the stuff that's gone through and it's been fine. And some that hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does not make sense to me sometimes. Like what, like we had from one of our catalogs, we had like a hundred items disputed by Facebook and rejected because they said that they were over-sexualized. We're like, these are just like photos of clothes. And so I, so we had to manually go through every single one request a review, every single one got approved like, oh man. But I mean, they're, they're doing it to protect the user experience. Right. And so if those of you who are running Facebook ads out there can get that into your mind as you're creating ads, remember it's all about the user experience. That's what they care about. I had a post yesterday on, um, on LinkedIn 
And uh, I was showing some, some results from one of the clients that we were working with. They've been getting an almost nine return on ad spend. And this is over like three months. So awesome results. And one of the things that another marketer pointed out is look how low your cost per thousand impressions is. And I'm like, yeah, that's because Facebook rewards us with a low cost per thousand impressions because we give the user a good experience. We're not just trying to sell, 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 sell. We're trying to give a good experience to that particular group of users. Yeah. And I want to focus in on that too, because I think a lot of people create from the place of they want to get their stuff out and it's still coming from a place of them and what they want and not really thinking about, well, this is the user experience I want my person to have. Or, you know, how can I best connect with them too? Like that's really important, not just in Facebook ads, but in marketing in general. Totally, totally. It's all about the the other person, right? I, that's why I love Donald Miller. I love story brand. I love mm-hmm. that idea. Uh, and always keeping that in the back of your mind that you're not the hero. You're just not the hero in your story, right? They're the hero. You're just the guide that's helping them get to their place, right? That's why I, I don't love to just like, constantly spout off all the good things we're doing. What I like to say is like, Hey, you know, one of our brands, this changed her life, right? This, this particular one that I was talking about, this actually changed her life. She's the hero in this, right? She was able to move from downtown Vancouver in this tiny apartment to this like beautiful house where she fulfills all of her orders. And she has a real business that's like, could probably be like seven figures next year. And it was, it didn't exist before running ads like this. So like, great. Jordan's awesome. We figured out this system. But what I love is, is that she now has this life that's like beyond her wildest dreams because of this. Yeah. That's the really, really amazing part. What are some of the pieces in any sales launch that people either overlook or don't understand or don't fulfill well? I think that people don't explain enough. I think that if you, if you look at the sales launches, so, so first of all, for, for e-com sales launches and like educational launches, mm-hmm. I think that the ones that really succeed are the ones that go into all of those details of the product of what's expected. And so, so on the product side, you need to explain way more than you think you do, right? There yeah. are so many reasons, like go to your product and think, why would somebody not buy right now? Okay. They don't know what it would look like on them how can we solve that so for for us for instance you know we've we've solved that by by creating a visual size guide of every single product that we have we have a visual size guide so they can see what it looks like on particular body types and particular sizes and it's just thinking about all of the questions that people are going to ask and then over explaining them right nobody's over explaining things these days right? Right. For the most part, it's under explaining. And if you really do have an incredible course that you're launching or an incredible product, explain it, right? People will want it more, the more that you're able to explain it. Right. And I love how you're framing it with why won't they buy, right? Like you've got to address your, the objections. Yeah. Not just all of the great things, why they should, but why are they not? Totally. Totally. And we, we go through that experience and that exercise with our agency all the time. Right. So why wouldn't somebody work with us? Okay. Well, they think, you know, there's a few different reasons, right? They think that they can run everything on their own and that Mm -hmm. they can do a better job. They think that they know their brand better than we do. They think that it's really expensive and it's cost prohibitive to work with an agency. So we, so we think about those things and we're like, okay, how can we position ourselves and let them know? Cause those things aren't actually true right? None of those things besides them, maybe knowing their brand a little bit more, 
than us, but we, but we've got ways that we can figure that out. And so it's an exercise that I like to go through all the time of like being really critical of like, why wouldn't somebody want to purchase from me or do business with me? What is the reason? But no, I think that's such a great question. Anything else that people miss or overlook? I would just say on the, on the exact same side is just like over communicate your launch, right? People, you know, you think that just because you've seen it lots does not mean that customers have one little trick that we use here at the agency that I think works really well is anyone in your warm traffic. I try to have a frequency of over 30. So that means that I like them to see an ad at least 30 times, not a particular ad, but ads in general. So anybody who's come to your website, looked at a product page, those people are, that is your audience that you want to reach, right? So we try and have a frequency of 30, which is completely against popular wisdom, but it, it is what works. Like I, I absolutely know that. Like as you move people down the funnel, show them different offers, show them different products. They may not have purchased at that time because it wasn't a good time, right? And you need to get in front of them that many times for them to be able to purchase, especially the more expensive that your product gets. Right, right. That's amazing. And I think that's such great advice with anything that you're doing in your business is, you know, really look at the over-communicating, explaining, because it's the more people have knowledge and understanding, I think the more they're going to trust, the more they're likely to say yes. Yeah, totally. So that is awesome. You have a really cool gift for everybody to download. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. So for any e-commerce stores out there, we have a gift. It's called the growth plan, the e-commerce growth plan. So what we actually do is we walk through what you are doing now and where we think that you should be going. So we actually look at like your Facebook ad account, your Google ad account, what you're doing organically. We actually dive into that and we're willing to do that for your podcast guests for for free. If you're an e-commerce store, if you're not, I'm sorry, I don't have a gift for you. That's okay. This is going to apply to so many people. Yeah, 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 totally. So if you go to mindfulmarketing.co slash growth plan dash apply. Well, we'll get the link in the show notes. Yeah, totally. So, uh, and that's something that we would, we would love to be able to offer your guests. I think that it's something super, super valuable. Just a, a quick, a quick aside here. It is part of our sales process. Just so everybody knows this is the way that we vet companies that come in. So every single person that comes in, we go through this process. But at the same time, we know it has tremendous value for your store. There is tremendous value in just having a third party look and be like, huh, that's not the way that we would do it. And we manage, you know, a lot of accounts. Yeah. I recently had somebody audit some of my social media and it was so awesome because their perspective was different. Like even though we look at different things regularly, there were a couple of things I was like, I would never have thought of that. And there were easy little tweaks that we could fix, you know, in a couple of minutes. Yeah, that's exactly it for us is is we think that's super valuable. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So everybody download that. Yes. And where could everybody connect with you outside of the growth plan if they were looking for you? Yeah, the the best place for me is LinkedIn. I, I spend the most time on LinkedIn. I try posting at least a couple times a day, always trying to be helpful and show people, you know, what's working in e-commerce. So just search for Jordan West or Jordan-West-Marketer. And again, I'm sure you'll have the link to that. And then you can check us out at mindfulmarketing.co as well for, you know, if, if you're looking, you know, for somebody to, to run with you and, and help you grow together, that's exactly what we do here. Awesome. We do have to wrap up, but I have one more question for you. What okay. is next? What's coming for you in 2021? Any big plans? I really hope I'm going to be traveling. I really do. 
Uh, so we had planned all these different excursions and we were going to be over in Barcelona this year again. And, uh, you know, obviously none of it happened. So where would you like to travel? Oh man, you know, with the, the stage that my kids are at, Hawaii is awesome. It's just like, it's so perfect with the, I, I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. So doing like the big excursions, that's going to be something when they get a little bit older, like they're both in French, the, the older ones. So I really want to go do France. I'm a big uh-huh. wine guy too. So like, I would just love to like spend uh, a month amazing. or two in France. Yeah. I'm trying to learn French at the same time with them since they're in French immersion. I'm like, okay, I want to like really get this. So yeah, so that's, that's my, my hope is by like, you know, next August, September, maybe we're traveling uh-huh. again. And my yeah. fingers are crossed. And then on the yeah. business side, we, we want to acquire brands. So on the, on the clothing company side, we really want to look into acquiring some good brands that have some good growth potential, but their, their owners maybe are stuck and just don't know which way to go and, and are kind of done. And then same on the marketing side. That's awesome. I love your goals for, for 2021. Jordan, this has been awesome. I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love that. This has been a great conversation. My favorite today. Oh, well, thank you. Very honored. Awesome. And to everybody who's listening, we will see you next week with another amazing guest. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.